The General Planning Podcast takes you backstage to explore the world's decision-making and planning. We will get you into the minds of successful leaders and executives in our government and industry. You'll hear firsthand how they made some of America's historic decisions. I'm Bob Whittle, Deputy Commanding General at Army North, and my co-host is Mark Lavin, our Director of Strategy, Plans, and Policy. Join us as we learn about planning and strategy from our nation's best. If you are just now finding this podcast, it's critical that we set the groundwork for what we are doing and where we are going. At U.S. Army North, our number one priority is homeland defense. America defends the homeland by employing the four elements of national power, diplomatic, informational, military, and economic. Our general planning podcast strengthens all four of these elements by hosting world-class planners in government and industry and sharing best practices. I'm Bob Whittle, Deputy Commanding General at Army North, and my co-host is Mark Lavin, our Director of Strategy, Plans, and Policy. Join us as we learn about planning and strategy from our nation's best. Welcome to the first episode of the General Planning Podcast. Today, we're going to outline our purpose. So maybe we just say that right up front, right, sir? Uh, We'll start with our purpose and end in mind. Absolutely. Our purpose is to strengthen planning in government and industry in order to enhance national power. We seek shared methods and value between government, military, and the private sector. We want to develop innovative tools for planner toolkits and dig into historically significant events with the people who are leading the charge. So thanks, sir. So with those uh, ambitious goals in mind, uh, I think today's session, what we will do is uh, talk a little, little bit about who we are and what to expect from the podcast journey that we are going to take. So I would like to start this off by kind of interviewing each other maybe, and I will go first. Uh, so General Whittle, uh, as, our, as our first guest of the trailer, uh, General Whittle is an engineer by trade and a major general and deputy commander of U.S. Army North. And so what that means for um, any civilian listeners that we have out there is he performs the duties as the commanding general when required, and is like the chief operations officer or COO who also fills in as a chief executive officer uh, at all times. And so um, one special aspect about General Whittle and his background is that he also attended uh, the School for Advanced Military Studies. And so, General, I think a good question to set the stage uh, is, would you mind to share a little bit about how planning and strategy formulation has become a passion for you? You Specifically, was there a time in your career you know, where you had an experience or you know, maybe a mentor who opened your eyes uh, to the opportunity for specializing in planning. Mark, thanks for that question. Here's how I became interested in attending the School of Advanced Military Studies. I was in Bosnia, and I was the deputy chief of the Joint Visitors Bureau. And at the time, the commander of the 1st Cavalry Division was Major General Kevin Burns. And for these visits, we would maybe have a few congressmen coming. And my job was to lay out how long it took a helicopter to get from one forward operating base to another, how many guests were coming, whether they needed to have rubber boots so that they could get around in the mud, and how we're orchestrating all those things. 
And then there was an army major who sat across from me. I was a captain at the time, so an army major sat across from me, and he was laying out for General Burns the background of the congressman, what they were interested in, what the army's talking points were, what engagements would be particularly important, and recommendations. And so at the time, I started to think about how do I get from my side of the table, the, the rubber boot plant side, over to his side of the table where he's laying out these very strategically important points for the commanding general. And I learned, and this officer across from me was, was Major Todd Books, actually, and I learned that Major Books had gone to the School of Advanced Military Studies. So over the next few years, I learned about the school and decided I wanted to attend. Fast forward to graduating from the School of Advanced Military Studies as a major in 2003, I headed to Germany and I was one of three planners at the 1st Infantry Division. About four weeks after I arrived at the 1st Infantry Division headquarters, I received a text from Captain Mike Payne, who was Major General John Batiste's aide-de-camp. So Major General Batiste was the commander of the 1st Infantry Division. He had just gotten word that we were going to deploy to Iraq and do a relief in place with the 4th Infantry Division. So he headed, like any good commander, out on a recon right away. Mike Payne texted me to let me know that I was going on that recon as General Batiste's planner. So before long, we're in a helicopter and we're flying from Kirkuk to Tikrit to meet with the leadership of the 4th Infantry Division. And all General Batiste had with him was his security detachment, his aide-de-camp, Mike Payne, Mike Smith, the deputy transportation officer, and then me, the planner. And I remember typing on my laptop as we're going over the terrain, my first time in Iraq, going over the terrain from Kirkuk to Tikrit, a lot of desert, some mountainous hills. I remember looking over my laptop at him and thinking, he has no idea that I have no idea what I'm doing. So I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I graduated from this course, the School of Advanced Military Studies, and now I was about to help plan a division relief in place. Well, what happened was we landed in Tikrit, and when we got there, I ran right away into three planners that I had been to school with the year before, Major Matt Elledge, Major Tim Norton, and Major Judy Price. So we had all attended the School of Advanced Military Studies together. We had been drinking beer together until May. Now I find them in Iraq, and I realized everything's going to be okay because we're going to figure this plan out. And within about 72 hours, with, the, of course, the uh, mentorship and, and, and confirmation from our commanding generals, theirs was General Odierno, mine was General Batiste, we framed out that relief-in-place plan. What brigade was going to take over for what brigade? what the timeline would be, what that deployment and redeployment cycle would be for the respective divisions. And I left there thinking, okay, we've got this all straight. We're flying back, same thing. We're flying from Tikrit now back to Kirkuk. And General Batiste looked at me and he said, okay, when we get back, you're going to brief this to the brigade commanders. And my heart leapt to my throat and I realized, okay, I'm over the imposter syndrome piece. I'm now a true planner, and it's just time to roll up my sleeves and, and get after it. Okay, Mark, now it's my turn. So Mark's a colonel in the Army. He leads our directorate for strategy, plans, and policy. He's an Army strategist, and that means after his troop leading time, 
The Army sent him for schooling and other jobs to specialize in strategic planning and policy formulation. As our senior strategist here at Army North, he's essentially a chief strategy officer who guides the organization's mid- and long-term initiatives. So the same question to you, Mark, but a different nuance since you've been doing exclusively strategy-like work for over 15 years now. What are some of the aspects of military planning and what you do that have kept you inspired to do this kind of work in the Army? All right, thanks, sir. So that was a, a, it's a very interesting way that you, uh, you asked that question back at me, and I, and I appreciate the, the nuance. Um, and let me start with uh, the second portion of, of the question first, um, which is, you know, what was some of, uh, you know, the experiences that I've had that, that, that has me, um, you know, passionate about this world of uh, strategy development and planning? Uh, and it involves interactions that I had while I was working uh, in the office of the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, specifically for Admiral Mike Mullen back in uh, 2010. Uh, Major Lavin at the time was working the three- and four-star confirmation process uh, for the Joint Staff with the United States Senate. And so if you, if you were uh, nominated uh, for a three- or four-star, uh, you would get an email in your inbox from Major Lavin that says, congratulations on your selection, and I'll be walking you through the process. And so, uh, again, so in the summer of, 20, uh, of 2010, uh, General uh, Four Star uh, Jim Mattis, who was the commander of Joint Forces Command uh, in Suffolk, Virginia at the time, uh, was nominated to take uh, command of U.S. Central Command. Uh, this was immediately following um, the Rolling Stone article, uh, that uh, essentially sent General Petraeus from his position as commander of Central Command uh, into Afghanistan to take take control or take charge and command of take take command of the forces there in Afghanistan. So you're about to meet General Mattis. Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm what, about to. Yeah. What was that like? He's. I mean, he know, he is so studied in military history, right? He's a Marine, very very squared away at the time. Had never been married had been focused solely on his profession. You're a young major strategist, and now you're going to guide him to yeah, confirmation? So that, yes. That, so that was uh, – I had very many uh, – I had many moments like that where I was uh, in a room where I was questioning why, why they let me in, uh, much less why I was uh, leading any type of intellectual effort. And so the first time I actually met General Mattis was, was two days before this. I went to – uh, all of the combatant commands at the time had liaison offices in the Pentagon. And so I walked uh, you know, down the hall, and I had this probably a five-inch binder of, of products. And um, I had 40 minutes on his schedule. And my, my objective that day was to kind of take him through the administrative um, sessions or the administrative process that he was going to undergo. Uh, since he was uh, being uh, you know, confirmed to be a combatant commander, it was going to require a hearing and a series of office calls with the Senate Armed Services Committee. So this binder would contain things like probable questions it and did. ideas for what the answers would be. Absolutely. Uh, uh, questions. Uh, it had process. It had his own individual packet that he had filled out uh, in the process of being confirmed or, or nominated to be a three-star general. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'll never forget, I'm sitting there uh, right as close as you, you and I are uh, across this table, which is about three feet for those that can't that are listening, uh, and I had this huge binder in my lap, and I go to give it to him. He says, "No, I don't need that. Just tell me what's on your mind." And at first, I, I was uh, taken a, 
a bit back and I had to think to myself, okay, just really quick. So think fast and, and talk fast. And so what, what I did was in my mind, I had the agenda of uh, what the table of contents said. And we started walking through, um, you know, sort of the process and what he would expect. And we ended up having about a 30, com- 30 minute conversation about um, not just what um, he would expect of the process, but then also what were the big policy issues of the day that um, the chairman was having to deal with, you know, with respect to, um, you know, the drawdown in Iraq, as well as uh, what, what ended up being the surge uh, in Afghanistan, uh, if you remember that that time period. So Central Command was was pulling out forces in Iraq, but at the same time trying to put uh, new forces and then better equipped forces into Afghanistan. And so fast forward two days, um, you know, what we're doing is we're doing a series of office calls uh, on the Hill, and um, his executive officer uh, called me and said, listen, General Mattis is notorious for being 30 minutes early to all of his um, all of his engagements, and so you, you should expect him to be there at, at, at 12.30, even though you're not meeting until 1 o'clock. I said, okay, great, thank you, uh, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm there, and sure enough, uh, I think he was actually 35 minutes early that day, um, and he probably, you know, had to take into consideration D.C. traffic. But we were there, and, uh, and we had met, and, and, and getting back to sort of, you know, the passion and why I, 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 I feel like this is, you know, something that, that I like to do, um, is he asked me just an, you know, just sort of an off-the-wall question that said, you know, it was, it was how, his, his question went sort of like this, it was, how is it, um, how do you take what you do in the Army and apply it to what you're doing right now with legislative affairs? And in the moment, I, I thought to myself, okay, well, this is Mad Dog Mattis, and he's very, he probably, like many other people, you know, frustrated with, you know, having to kind of go through this process maybe, or or this, he wasn't seeing this as me contributing to the war fight um, because we had, you know, a large number of boots on the ground at the time. And so I gave a bit of a bravado um, answer uh, or an answer that, you know, that had maybe probably too much bravado where I said, oh, yeah, you're right, sir. You know, there's... I didn't say that. So I, it wasn't that you were right. I said, you know, oh, you all, you know, sir, it's uh, probably nothing. You know, there's, there's really nothing that I do in the Army, you know, that would apply to kind of what, you know, what I do here in this job. And then that was it. Uh, we, it was very quiet. We just started walking uh, down, uh, you know, around the, you know, the Russell building at the time um, in, in, in silence for about, you know, three minutes, I would say. I mean, it felt like a week. Um, and, if, and then I said to myself, all right, well, Sir, let me take a reattack on on your question uh, because I don't know if I gave you a good answer. And so, what I told him, what, what I went on to describe to him was, you know, how you know, what I did in the army as as a planner, as a staff officer, um, applies to what I was doing now because I was translating, um, you know, from you know a legislative branch, you know, ideas, concepts, goals, uh, in a way that military senior leaders could understand what it is that this branch of government was seeking. So that we can make decisions, uh, you know, in almost parallel universes, in parallel universes, while still achieving, you know, the same strategic desired end state. And from that moment on, uh, you know, he and I had, you know, probably one of the more candid conversations uh, for the next, you know, 25 minutes before his office call uh, with Senator Webb uh, from Virginia uh, at the time. Uh, and it was actually going to be a, sort of a contentious office call. It ended up going just fine. Um, but he, it was heavy on his mind, uh, and I found that, you know, by me being upfront and honest, and and, and just you know demonstrating you know kind of what I provided as a planner or what this planning function provides, uh, it really made him, 
I don't know if it was at ease, but he certainly seemed to engage, uh, you know, much more candidly in terms of getting his thoughts together uh, for what uh, for what he had to do. And again, as as history shows, he was confirmed with no issues and, and went on to be a very successful person, um, <laughs> and later uh, Secretary of Defense. Well, it's interesting because you felt like, hey, I should be on the battlefield right now. I shouldn't be sitting here working things with Congress and with the combatant commander. He probably is wondering why I'm here and not in the battlefield. But what you learned is what he really valued was your capability of helping him with confirmation, your capability to help him interface with Congress and to prepare him. So I really appreciate that insight. And I haven't heard that story before, so thanks for sharing. So, Mark, uh, what do you think? Let's, let's talk to our listeners about what they should expect in future episodes. Absolutely, sir. Yes, I appreciate that. So, you know, what we're going to do in our episodes, uh, you know, in this podcast, in general planning, the general planning podcast and our episodes, we're going to use the military decision making and strategy formulation processes to dis, you know, to to guide discussions with government and industry leaders. You know, this way, our listeners can gain a cursory appreciation for both military methodologies that can be found online as well as a glimpse of how accomplished practitioners, you know, have used and are still using uh, today, you know, these methods to make decisions. Thank you. That's put perfectly. We're going to have a number of great leaders that are going to be on the podcast. We've already got a couple signed up. So one is Lieutenant General Retired Eric Wesley, who, after serving a great career in the United States Army, is now working in the startup ecosystem. Can't wait to hear his insights. He'll talk about the Thunder Run. He'll talk about his time in the White House as a strategic planner there on the national security staff. Then we'll also have Major General Retired Spider Marks. You've probably seen him on CNN. And he's going to give us insights. He's a retired intelligence officer, retired two-star. And he'll give us great insights on how the what we call the intelligence preparation of the battlefield on the military side applies to market intelligence on the industry side. I'm really looking forward to, hear, to hearing from him as well. well. Mark, that brings our first episode to an end. I just appreciate your time and uh, a special shout out to our entire public affairs detachment here at Army North. You can look for us wherever you hear your podcasts or in any Army North social media. Thank you.